This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I try not to watch this silly stuff about the British Royals. In fact, the Daily Mail, which is one of my favorite websites for a lot of things, I wish I could pay them a subscription just so I didn't have to see all this stuff about what's going on with Meghan and Harry. I could care less. But now they have overtaken our culture. Now, all of a sudden, we're supposed to be paying attention to this, at least for the next day or so. So I'll I'll do some of that. Also, we've got to get into Cuomo and how this guy is just constantly shifting the goalposts. He's trying to now pretend that he just wants an investigation. Senate passed a $1.9 trillion spending bill. We got we got a lot to get to today. But, you know, the Internet never forgets. And it's never been a more important time to understand that than right now, because given how much what you look for online can be tracked and stored and put into an algorithm. Now, more than ever, you really need to be aware of the fact that your data is out there. It's being mined. It's being farmed. And it could even be used against you. In this cancel culture world we're in, you never know if going to certain sites that look at politics in a particular way could become a problem for you down the line. You also have the possibility that people out there are going to sell your data in a way that would really infringe upon your privacy. Everything you search for, watch, or click online can be tracked by big tech companies, okay? That's why I switch on ExpressVPN, and you should too. Because with ExpressVPN on my computer, on my phone, my IP address is masked by a secure VPN server, which makes it harder for websites to identify me. The ExpressVPN app also encrypts my network data to protect my sensitive information from being compromised. You really need this on your stuff, okay? Think of this the same way we all used to have, you know, antivirus back in the day because you don't want your computer to crash. You want your data and what your activities are on your computer to be protected and secure, This is so straightforward. Use ExpressVPN on up to five devices simultaneously, okay? ExpressVPN. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies. Go to the VPN I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash buck to get three months free on a one-year package. That's right, three months free on a one-year package. It's a great deal. ExpressVPN, expressvpn.com slash buck to get those three months free extra free go to expressvpn.com slash buck right now i'm pretty sure we fought a war a couple of hundred years ago so that we'd never have to pay attention to the british monarchy ever again and that the american people wouldn't have to ever give a crap if you will what the monarchs think about anything but here we are now with the complete saturation and domination of media today with this interview i saw some of it last i couldn't stomach watching the whole thing i just don't care enough but i watched enough of it to get to get the gist and here's here's what we know uh harry and Meghan are part of the british royal family i don't even know what their official titles are or anything i don't really care but they sat down with oprah who is a multi-billionaire to whine about how their lives are so hard and the british royal family is being mean to them and for a lot of people they view this as, I don't know, a, a fairy tale story gone awry. There's a fascination for certainly Americans and definitely for everybody in the UK about the royal family. Uh, they either they hate them, they love them. But for a lot of us here, you think of a case like this and you say, how could it be possible to find people who are more privileged than ultra rich celebrities 
like the royal family. How could you find anybody who's more uh, more privileged than this? And yet they want to be victims. Harry and Meghan, I don't know them. I don't care. But now the whole world, this is the biggest news story in the world right now. You've got two incredibly lucky. I mean, lucky beyond a normal person's wildest dreams, human beings who want to go on TV and whine about, look, I'm not saying they don't have challenges. I know that every human being, you know, you see people, you don't see the full truth of their situation. You see what people have to deal with and you don't recognize all the challenges they've gone through. I get that. Of course, you know, you, you see some of your greatest you know, heroes throughout history have, you know, substance abuse problems or terrible personal issues in their marriage or, you know, whatever, you know, have demons, have extreme depression, have things that they have to handle. I'm not in any way negating any of that. But this is a move that is beneficial, you see, for uh, for Harry and Meghan. Uh, this is something that really just elevates their brand, their power and their career. And it's indicative of this uh, this sickness of victimology chasing that has come to dominate Western civilization and Western culture now. You know, the entire Western world seems completely obsessed with this idea that if you can if you can claim righteous victimhood status, everybody has to feel sorry for you and give you what you want and do so because of the moral obligation you've imposed on them. And it's just it, it, it absolves, you know, the victim mentality absolves people of their of their own mistakes. It means they're no longer responsible for their shortcomings. It means that there is always an out. Right? Why hasn't something worked out the way that you thought it should or you wanted it to? Well, it's not your fault. You're a victim. Why aren't you a better person? Why don't you treat people better? Why don't you work harder? Why don't you get more done? Why aren't you more disciplined? Why aren't you more? exemplary when it comes to character and courage and kindness none of that matters if you're a victim it's not your fault you see there's other people that are doing all these things to you there's all the, there's other people who have made your life so much harder and even if as harry and megan are you are globally recognized celebrities for no real reason i mean the, the, in the case of harry because he was born he's famous and in the case of megan because she's an attractive female who married him now everybody has to care who they are and, and pretend that somehow what they say matters it's absurd the whole thing but in a, in a way the royal family starting the mid-20th century were the original ultra celebrities before the kardashians came along and really proved out the celebrity because you're a celebrity model the closest thing we had to was being born into the british royal family and there has always been this this fascination with them for some people. I, as I've said, I think the whole thing is absurd. I think monarchy should be abolished. I don't understand why anybody doesn't see that. But I'm also an American. <laughs> so I know a lot of us are sitting here. But America is embracing this couple now, too. You see, they were on with Oprah, the ultimate media power broker. I mean, if you're talking about a media brand that is, of course, worth billions of dollars, but that has tremendous sway in pop culture. I don't know if you could find somebody more powerful than Oprah. She sits down with them, spends three hours with them, and they get to complain. Of course, if you want to be a real victim, they go with with some of the the victimology greatest hits, uh, namely, you know, Me Megan makes some insinuations about racism. Well, that because that's all you have to do is say something or someone is racist. And now all of a sudden you're 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 one of the good people. You're you're righteous. You have been 
uh, you have been wronged and society must pay you some debt of some kind to make everything better. What does that even mean? How do we do that? Don't worry about the details. People bathe in, they luxuriate in, and this is true all across our society. It's true with cancel culture. Right? We just had uh, Pepe Le Pew is now gone from the Space Jam movies. I'm not kidding because of rape culture. They also got rid of Speedy Gonzalez. Uh, they've, they've gotten rid of six of the Dr. Seuss books, as you know. Now, that's the choice of the Dr. Seuss publishing company, but still, it's showing you where the mentality is right now. But it's because there are people that are afraid of being accused of being a victimizer. And there are a whole lot more people out there who just walk around trying to find a way to view themselves as victims. It's really an obsession. It's it's a a deep seated mindset. Because think about what it does. It absolves you from all of your transgressions. It absolves you from all of your guilt. It removes any need for you to have introspection, for you to be honest with yourself about what's gone right and wrong in your own decisions in your own life, you're a victim. It's somebody else's fault. It takes agency away from you. And in a sense, the same way I tell you that a lot of people like to be controlled, a lot of people like to be victims because it means that now they have a, they have a purpose. They, they just exist to be emblems of how others have wronged them. And you can monetize this. You can use this to grow your brand. You can use this to grow your power, which is really the dynamics that we see at play now all across cancel culture in America. But that's right. Harry and Meghan, they live in what looks like a, a palace that one of the Medici family would have lived in in Renaissance era Florence. But their lives are really hard because people in the royal family weren't always super nice to them or didn't treat them with all of the pomp and circumstance they wanted or something. It's not even really clear, but just some some insinuations about racism. And we have things really hard. Feel sorry for us while we have our multimillion dollar Netflix deal living in a, in a, a mansion that looks like it's out of a fairy tale in California. Oh, gosh, things are so hard for us. Just goes to show you no matter no matter who. We're talking about here in society now, it seems that there's an opportunity, should they choose, there's an opportunity to claim victim victim status. I mean, in the case of Harry, you have a, a white male monarch, but he's married to somebody who is a, a quarter, uh, a, a quarter minority. She's one of her parents is is biracial and, and is uh, is black. Um, and so we have to hear about how hard it's been for Harry too. You, you sit around and you wonder, when is this too, when is this all just too absurd? When are people no longer in a position to claim that they're victims? But then again, look at some of the most powerful people in our society. Uh, look at, you know, Hillary Clinton. Why'd she lose the 2016 election? Because she's a woman, she says. LeBron James, globally recognized celebrity. Probably worth close to a billion dollars now himself, certainly half a billion dollars. But, you know, he's got to do protests in hoodies and it's so hard and talk about how the challenges of the streets, what it is to be a, a poor minority in American uh, inner cities today, because, you know, he's had to overcome that challenge. Too. I mean, the guy's been I think he was on the, uh, the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 16. But, yeah, it's been a really tough road. You know, this is what we see now. Everyone's angling for this. Everybody wants this because, in a sense, it's the ultimate power. It's invulnerability from your own failings, 
your own poor decisions, and it gives you power over other people. You can make demands uh, from them, and it also brings you sympathy. People are like, oh, you're so great. Look what you've achieved. Look what you've done because you've overcome the victim status. People are looking for this all over the place. In so many ways, it, it undermines what we know is good and true and worthwhile in America and in Western societies, which is that every individual, regardless of race, creed, color, gender, every individual is equal in the eyes of God, but also is responsible for his or her own life and decisions. And there needs to be honesty about this. You know, we all are failed individuals in our own way. We all have our shortcomings. And it's really a, a form of, of malignant narcissism to think that whatever hasn't gone right in your life is because of what somebody else has done. Wherever you have come up short, it's because the system has oppressed you or held you down, even when you're at the very top of the system. Think about the, think about the confusion here, the, the cognitive dissonance. You can be an ultra-famous elite billionaire and go on TV and cry about how hard everything is, and people are supposed to feel sorry for you? I'd say, oh, well, this isn't America. This is the UK. This is their royal family. And people have a, a fascination with this. Like we're all reading some storybook about, you know, kings and queens back in the Middle Ages or something. But it's a problem here in America, too, which is why we've also why our culture has latched on to this. Everybody wants to be a victim these days. Why is that? Well, it's because it means that they get all of the benefits and none of the responsibilities of their position and they can get even more. This is a part of the cancel culture wave in this country. It's also a part of the leftism that seeks to tear down and destroy everything that we view as objective, everything that we view as a, as an issue of merit, truth or falsehood. It can all be changed. It can all be moved around depending on what one's narrative of victim status may be. You know, you didn't build that. You didn't achieve that. And whatever I did, if I'm a victim, well, there's always a way to turn that around and make it somebody else's problem. We have to acknowledge that what is the public likely to do with any guidance that we give them? And if we just tell people that they've got to stay cocooned, that they've got to stay in their homes, that they've got to continue to wear their mask, even though they're fully vaccinated, they're not going to do that. They're going to disregard the public health recommendations. So we have to get real. We have to say, you know what, what does it mean if I've not seen my grandchildren for the last year and I'm now vaccinated, my spouse is vaccinated, uh, you know, can I see those kids or not? They're not likely to have vaccine through next fall or next winter. We have to be practical. And I worry a little bit that we will basically stay with this idea that we've had all along, do this or else. And so I hope that the CDC guidance acknowledges that people are not going to do uh, the extreme of staying masked through 2022. That's just right. not going to happen. So what can we provide them reasonable information that gives them the best case for protecting themselves? Like, you know what? You wouldn't catch me tonight in a crowded restaurant somewhere, even with my you know, vaccination. Uh, I think that's what we have to concentrate on and let them do the gotcha. kinds of things that are really much safer. That's uh, Osterholm, who was a Biden covid advisor, right? Giving uh, the Biden administration when it was coming in during the transition uh, advice on, on covid-19. And what he's saying is uh, we need to start to understand what reality is here, guys. Uh, if we tell everybody to mask up for another year, a lot of people just aren't going to do it. 
And if we're telling people they have to keep doing all the same things they're doing even after vaccination, all of this is based on risk profile, risk mitigation, balancing different things out. Right? We, we could say if you wanted to save a whole lot of lives from COVID-19, you cannot leave your home for a year. Sorry, food will have to be delivered to you by somebody else. You're not allowed to leave your home. But that's too extreme. Even though it would save lives, no question that would save lives from COVID-19. It's too extreme. People won't do it. It's not okay. It's not worth it. Now we're at a point where, let's remember, lockdowns until vaccine at the start of this was considered insane. Now we have public health officials who are telling us that, that masking and mitigation and maybe some lockdowns, some social distancing mandates, are necessary post-vaccination for individuals. I mean, look at how much this moves over time. Here's the CDC on December 23rd. Until every person in the U.S. can get a COVID-19 vaccine, continue to wear a mask, keep at least six feet between yourself and others, avoid crowds, and wash your hands often. Learn more about who can get vaccinated while supplies are limited. Um, yeah, they're still doing the wash your hands thing, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's really going to that's gonna save us. That's going to make a big difference. Uh, that was great. That was in, in December. But the point is, they've been advocating for this for a while that until everybody is vaccinated, you got to do all the things you've been doing all along. This is madness. And if you're wondering, and I, I found this to be a particularly interesting uh, study over the weekend, people were sharing this thing saying that uh, that masking works. Stud- CDC report that mask mandates lower COVID cases. So it works. That's what we're told. I actually read the study. I actually pulled from the study for you here. And this is fascinating. Here's what it says. This is the latest CDC study that they put out, CDC report on mask mandates. During March 1st to December 31st, 2020, state-issued mask mandates applied in 73% of 3,142 U.S. counties Mask mandates were associated with a 0.5 percentage decrease in daily COVID cases one to 20 days after implementation and decreases of 1%, 1.5, 1.7, and 1.8%, 20 to 40, 41 to 60, 61 to 80, and 80 to 100 days, respectively. Uh, friends, they're telling you here that mask mandates are basically bringing down COVID cases over a period of months, 1%, but understand that that 1% is when the margin of error for the study. So it could be zero. That's how effective they are. Now, now I want us all to be very clear about this. Were you told at the beginning that your mask wearing might have a roughly 1% effect on the reduced trend? How long have I been saying it's about how effective this is more than whether it's effective? Because making us go through this absurdity, when you add into it the changes in behavior as well that come from mask wearing, people think they're pretty protected. And then they are much closer to each other, more willing to be around each other than they probably would be otherwise, thinking that these masks are doing a great job of protecting them. I will never forget that that imbecile Redfield that ran the CDC, the quote was, this was back in September, more guaranteed a mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID-19 than when I take a vaccine. That's what CDC director Redfield said in September. And now we're seeing that mask mandates have about a 1% effectiveness 
in rejection of case. 1%, friends. So, so we all wear masks. What this is telling you is that, you know, we're all wearing masks under a mandate. Now, I know they're going to say, oh, but Buck, it's not perfect implementation of the mask. Well, then, okay, but we're all wearing more masks. Shouldn't we see a substantial drop? Why are we wasting our time with this idiocy if it's only 1%? Oh, no, 1% is effective. If it, if it saves one life, friends, that's what we're back to. I don't know why this makes me laugh so hard, but he did say Neanderthal, Neanderthal thinking, not you're all Neanderthals, which she owned. She can ditch the present tense because, as you mentioned, they are extinct. And she's also someone that's been very vocal about denying evolution. So I found it fitting that she used that. Um, but I, I just feel like that this is an example. It shows there's not much to pick on if this is the words we're parsing. They spend a lot of time talking about how old Biden is. Well, you're going to get words like slacks and ornery and Neanderthal. It's kind of an, an uncivilized choice to not wear a mask when the science speaks loud and clear. Um, and I think that it's, you know, again, as Sonny mentioned, on the heels of someone who could offend, you know, people four times in a sentence, picking on an extinct homo sapien seems like pretty safe ground for me. As someone who has 2% Neanderthal, I represent my community. I'm not offended. Yeah, like, let's have people on The View talk about the science and, like, the science speaks, like, really clearly on all this stuff. Yeah, so clearly that a year ago, the scientific community, as as uh, evidenced by Dr. Fauci himself, had a completely different view. But but we've we've been told, accept the 180 switch in viewpoint and do so because the science says so, even though... Nope, sorry. I, I, this is a very straightforward thing. If you believe the earth is flat a year ago and now you're telling me the earth is round, I want to know why you've changed your thinking. I'm not just going to say, hmm, you must have switched it around because the science speaks to you. No, explain to me why you changed your thinking because if you were that wrong a year ago, shouldn't it matter as to whether I believe you now? Shouldn't shouldn't it make a difference or if you thought the world was round and now you think it's flat, whatever the point is, a 180 switch on something so fundamental, so so straightforward. But now this has become such a, a giant virtue signaling opportunity for people. Double mask. I mean, I, I know that people now that are saying things like if it if it only works one. This is what the, the news reports are trying to say over the weekend. A one percent reduction, which is effectively zero, by the way, because of mass. It's effectively zero because it's within the margin of error. You don't even know. So the science doesn't even say that it's reducing it. But, okay, officially the numbers are a little, a tiny, tiny, tiny decrease, a tiny, tiny, tiny decrease. The speed limit really should be 15 miles an hour in this country. And if you don't believe that, you're a monster who thinks people should die. This was the argument I was making a year ago, almost to the day. You either believe in a 15 mile an hour speed limit or you believe that people should die in fiery car wrecks by the thousands every year. There is no difference between the thinking here on a 1% mask mandate effectiveness and a 15 mile an hour speed limit. By the way, better get ready to wear that mask during flu season because we're told that flu is essentially eradicated by this. That is the official word. I'm just saying I, I I'm very curious to see really the the flu virus is so much better contained by our measures than I mean, COVID was basically not really contained at all over this winter. We can all see that. That's quite obvious. OK, we didn't stop it. We didn't contain it. But the flu was was eradicated. Ninety eight percent decrease in cases. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? 
that won't be the case going forward if we go back to normal life and thousands of people die every year, particularly older people die every year from the flu. So when I was arguing at the beginning, we should have a 15 mile an hour speed limit. We should have been wearing masks all along and we're monsters during flu season for not doing so. Based on this new logic, people said no. And they got all emotional and they got all frenzied. I listen to science and I'm really smart. No, my, my argument is sound. What I'm saying is true, was true, is true. And now they don't want to hear it. Now they want to pretend that what some of us saw all along is not the case because it makes them feel like they've been essentially fooled or that they've been uh, believing something all along that's not true. And their belief in that thing made them feel like they were smart, good people. And, and folks don't like to give up thinking they're smart and good. They want to hold on to that no matter what. But I, I read this study out of the CDC. Mask mandates decrease death rates as well by around 1% over a couple of months. This is from Breaking 911. Unbelievable. That's what we were promised. Huh? Really? We're all going to wear masks all the time. Maybe there'll be a 1% decreasing. 1% folks. That means 99 out of 100. You're walking around with your mask on thinking, oh, look, we're all wearing our masks in public because that's what this really is. There's no mask mandate in your home. We're all wearing our masks in public. Huge amounts of compliance all across the country. And you might reduce cases by 1%. That, that's we're really going to pretend that that's what we were. That's what we were led to believe was the case here. No, no. Ah, I'm sorry. I remember the mannequin studies with the spray and they were saying, you know, 70% of particles, 90% of particles. Somehow it blocks 70 or 80% of all particles out of your mouth, even though viral particles are so small that they would go right through the mesh of a mask. But they say it, it is clinging to the, you know, to the, the spittle or to the, the vapor that comes out of your mouth. Anyway, uh, they're, they're claiming that 70% of everything coming out of your mouth is blocked by these masks. And yet it's a 1% reduction in cases and a 1% reduction in deaths at best, at best. Is that what we were? I mean, who here, who really thinks that that's that they're being honest at this point? Who really thinks that what they're saying in, in any way lines up? It was wear a mask, save lives. So we've been wearing a mask for a year and maybe, maybe there, maybe there've been a, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, they, they would say a few thousand people, a few. Th- that's what we're really talking about, right? Four or five thousand people that they think might have been saved by a year of mask mania. And add on top of that, all the distress, the dehumanizing effects, the psychological disorders, the constant discomfort. Like I said, if you believe in masking, you need to believe if you're going to be morally consistent, you need to believe in a 15 mile an hour speed limit. It's effectively impossible to die in a car crash if you're going 15 miles an hour. I mean, almost impossible, right? Meaning if you're in a car and someone else's car, you're going 15 miles an hour. Modern cars today, you're going to survive that. I mean, unless it's a freak accident. But, you know, then again, a car could just explode for no reason. You know, who knows, right? But you see, we've established a moral principle. If it saves one life. Look at the liquid. You're seeing now the the authoritarian left mentality that you've been aware of for so many other things. You know, if they have to take every 10 round magazine out of the hands of every American in the country and replace it with a five round or a seven round, which I know they didn't really make, but whatever, you know, they replace it with some other magazine size for a firearm. If that slows down one mass shooter in one shooting 
by one or two seconds, it's worth it. This is this is a gateway to authoritarianism. We all understand that, right? I mean, there's really there's no justification for you to have ever gone out into crowded places because you could have always been infecting people with fluids around you around. You don't know. You could always give somebody just a standard cold virus and folks that have a weakened immune system, they could end up getting pneumonia from it. No, no, you say, Buck, but this we're taking it into absurd territory. Right. Exactly. We've been in absurd territory with this for a year. They told you things were true that were not true, and they keep doing it. And the social media, you know, oligarchs and the morons who run user experience and all this other stuff at these places who aren't even like the tech engineers. They're the people that are on the on the softer side of these businesses who are just little left wing activists coming out of schools where they didn't actually learn anything other than how to be woke and how to be grievance collectors about all the oppression that they feel. They told you things that were not true, and you should be aware of that now. You should understand that that is what happened uh, because they're going to keep telling you things that are untrue about all of this. I mean, the CDC is an abomination. That much should be clear at this point. It's a it's a politicized organization that has failed at every major stage of this pandemic to do anything useful. Um, and now we're going to be gaslit in a way that that is just mind blowing. We're going to be gaslit by people telling us, yeah, that's right. You know, the the psychosis of people running around screaming at other people, in some cases getting into, you know, lethal exchanges there are people have been shot people have been beaten to death because they weren't wearing a mask and yet here we are being told that maybe it reduces cases one percent and that's max and trust me the cdc had to find something you think the cdc was ever going to come up with a study turns out mask mandates don't do anything but the problem is they can only fudge the data so much what they told us is so incorrect and so ineffective that it's becoming really hard. So now they're retreating into, yeah, it doesn't work that well, but it works a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Hmm. Okay. Now the state can say that any level of infringement upon your day-to-day life and on your basic liberties, including your ability to just breathe normally, any infringement that they can claim might save some small percentage of human beings from getting sick and or dying is justified. So you better mask up forever. If you think a 1% mask mandate is just, you know, 1% of, of cases being reduced by a mask mandate justifies the inconvenience, you mask up forever because that's what you've established. Mask up forever. Oh, well, the old COVID will go away. Yeah, there's still the flu. There's still other things out there. You better wear your mask forever. Or you're a monster. They were wrong all along. And I know that, you know, I focus it on this one and I've been very just because people have been so vicious, so nasty, so stupid. People think they're so smart on this one and they've been wrong. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the buck position on this over the one percent is really effective when it's actually within the margin of error, which means that I can also make the case that it is entirely ineffective based on the CDC's own data. And you could say, oh, buck, but mandates aren't the, aren't the same as individual. OK, well, then why have a mandate? If a mandate doesn't work, what's the point of a mandate? If individuals should just do this on their own, why do we have the government enforcing this, fining people, threatening to lock people up over this? Ask yourself these questions. Remember, there's a strong case to be made that thousands of businesses, tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands and millions of lives were devastated 
during this pandemic, in part because social media companies employed moronic partisan third party fact checkers to stifle any criticism of lockdowns. And they did this while Twitter, Facebook and Google got a lot richer. That's what was happening during this. You know, even the Wall Street Journal had to put out an editorial over uh, over the last week where they they point out what I've been telling. This is the Wall Street Journal. Fact checking Facebook's fact checkers. The media giant is employing left wing vetters to limit scientific debate. They the, the Wall Street Journal points out that they have a entirely mainstream, highly credentialed scientist write an op ed crunching the numbers and making a projection about herd immunity being in the U.S., basically being here by the end of April. And the you know women's and gender studies majors out of Wellesley who work at PolitiFact, and they probably even went to crappier schools than that, but the women's and gender studies majors that work at PolitiFact in general, uh, they're deciding that the science, that the scientist is projecting here is unsound, and therefore they limit the reach of it on Facebook. They are laundering their censorship, and they're using morons to do it. But they're left-wing activist morons, so they feel good about this. They've done this to me. They've done this to me. They, they took one line out of context. They tried to, by the way, go to bucksexton.com. You want to show the censors where to stuff it? Go to bucksexton.com. Check out our editor, my editorials there. I'm going to have another one up tomorrow. You can listen to the podcast there. Um, it's it's a website where you can also give us uh, your email because we're building out a newsletter. I need direct direct reach with all of you because the social platforms, you can't trust them anymore. You can't trust them. And some people that have built really big social followings look at them and think, so this person somehow never gets throttled. huh? This person somehow never gets banned or, or suspended. That's interesting. Hmm. Anyway, I'm I'm very frustrated by this. And it's really damaging to society. It's damaging to free speech and free, uh, free inquiry. Um, but, you know, Facebook is uh, run by cowards now who don't appreciate liberty and freedom and the free exchange of ideas. They don't appreciate these things anymore. And remember, they set their business up with that promise. In a sense, they're defrauding the public uh, based upon the, the initial promise that they were going to be platforms for free speech and communication. I mean, this is really not all that different. I know we've made the phone companies a utility, but it would be like if the phone companies were private and then all of a sudden they started saying, well, you know, right before the election, we're, we don't want this one candidate to win. So we're going to shut down all of his phone banks and we're going to decide that that, that that person can't communicate. It's really not any different than that in principle. And this is what the social media companies are doing. But they will even stop a Johns Hopkins MD scientist from looking at the numbers and making a project. They will say a projection is false and therefore cannot be shared. You can't make a prediction. That's what they'll tell you. You know, I wrote uh, on bucksexon.com a few weeks ago, schools should be open. And they said, no, that's false because schools should only be open if they reach the following criterion. Guess what? New York City now today, lockdown central just said schools are opening March 22nd. So who is right and who is wrong? Politifact, you morons. You know, these uh, like, I mean, can you imagine that you go work at one of these places? You're you're like a little hall monitor of free speech on the Internet doing the left's bidding. I mean, honestly, the only the only thing that is, you know, more intellectually degrading than being a third party fact checker would be if you're one of these people that works at Media Matters. And the only thing more intellectually and emotionally and psychologically degrading than that would be. You know, I, I, I can't even say the kind of job that would be on 
on radio because it's not family, not family friendly. But it's just it's degrading. It's disgusting. And these people are shameful who do this stuff. But and they're hurting the country. And that's my, my bigger point here is that we were never allowed to have a real discussion about masks and effectiveness and the trade offs because they just kept lying and saying this is the consensus. They kept they kept changing the goalposts around and saying, no, we didn't shut up. You're not allowed to ask any questions. And I have to ask you if they if they did this. And since we know they can do this for COVID, for the lockdowns, do you really believe that they won't do this for climate change? You, you think that all this power they've acquired, all this power they brought together, they're just going to give it all back and decide they're not going to do this again when something else that they view as really important comes up? I don't think so. I think we're all quite aware of the fact that their plan going forward is going to be to use states of emergency for a similar shutdown of free speech and inquiry using the most powerful platforms for communication in the world to decide what you can and cannot say. This is now the Democrat Party. This is what we're up against. The authoritarian left has seized the most powerful institutions in the country. And we need to understand what that means for us going forward and how we can fight back against it. I said we're going to get the government out of the business of battling on Twitter and back in the business of delivering for the American people, of making a difference in their lives, giving everyone a chance, a fighting chance of showing the American people that their government can work for them. And passing the American Rescue Plan will do that. Yeah, passing the, passing the American Rescue Plan. Uh, that's, that's all we need to do. Amazing, isn't it? There was some, <laughs> there was some uh, Washington Post headline that was along the lines of, you know, Biden defeats poverty, basically, by passing the American Rescue Plan. You know, defeats poverty for the American people. The place is such, the place is such a joke. It's so, so outrageous, so ridiculous. Anyway, here we are uh, looking at the realities of the $1.9 trillion spent. And I just say, uh, unfortunately, elections have consequences, and we're seeing some of those consequences right now with this. Uh, unfortunately, Republicans are not in a position to really stop this from happening. And we are just going to sp- we're going to keep spending and spending and go deeper and deeper to debt as a nation until everyone starts to realize how bad it is and what this really means for our currency, for our economy. And then it's too late. Then it's essentially all over. But we're supposed to celebrate this now. We're supposed to uh, decide that this is a a great moment for the American people. Why did it take this long? They could have passed rescue stuff about COVID many months ago. Well, Democrats wanted it their way. Here's what the legislation has uh, in it. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Quote, provides a direct payment of $1,400 for a single taxpayer or $2,800 for a married couple that files jointly, plus $1,400 per dependent. Individuals earning up to seventy five thousand would get the full amount and uh, married couples with incomes up to one hundred fifty thousand. The size of the check would shrink for those making slightly more with a hard cut off at eighty thousand dollars for individuals and one hundred and sixty thousand dollars for married couples. Most Americans will be getting the full amount. The median household income was sixty eight thousand seven hundred and three in twenty twenty nineteen. The bill provides forty six billion to expand federal, state and local testing for covid-19 and to enhance contract tracing capabilities with new investments to expand laboratory capacity and set up mobile testing units 
It also contains about $14 billion to speed up the distribution and administration of COVID-19 vaccines. Look, money for vaccines, great. They could have done this a long time ago. Testing as a means of getting us past this uh, pandemic is also, this is now just a talking point that they won't let go of. I mean, yeah, you need to have some ability to test, obviously, but look at the huge ramp up in testing we've done, and you still had a tremendous amount of cases and deaths and hospitalizations all throughout the winter. Test and trace. By the time they're really at at a place where they think they can test and trace this thing, the pandemic will have essentially passed. What we're going to look back and see is that one one day at least we'll look back and see that we really just were dragged to herd immunity with people saying they were going to stop this thing. But by the time we got to herd immunity, we had suffered through the maximum amount of anxiety, tyranny, economic destruction, psychological devastation possible to get us to a point that we were inevitably heading to anyway, which is a huge amount of infections, unfortunately a a terrible amount of death, despite all these interventions, the interventions, as Fauci calls them. And yeah, we're getting to herd immunity with the maximum amount of damage done along the way. That was unnecessary damage. I mean, we we were going to have a lot of infections and a lot of bad stuff happen here no matter what. But you look at all the things that have been done. I mean, just just look at a side-by-side comparison. They're out there right now of states with mask mandates and states without them. And you will see a remarkable thing here. You'll see the same rise and fall on the same timeline, irrespective of whether there was a mask mandate in place or not. And we're talking about dozens of states. I mean, you you line them all up. Mask mandate, yes. Mask mandate, no. And you'll see a rise and a fall. And they're right in line with each other with no real discernible difference whatsoever. But we all had to go through a year of people going, why are you double masked? You're putting me at risk, ah, you know, freaking out all the time. Yeah, I know. Uh, I believe in science. People that haven't read on their own about anything in the world of science for the last 20 years of their lives. All of a sudden, it's like they have been reading, uh, you know, the New England Journal of Medicine every day for fun. It's absurd. You, you know what the science tells you? What's a bigger what's a uh, you know, sh- is dietary sodium an issue for heart disease yes or no should you eat red meat yes or no is being a vegan healthy yes or no are, you know are antibiotics in the food supply negatively affecting immunity yes or no you want me to just keep going where's the science on all these things well there is science there's data but there are arguments that are being made because it's not clear you were if you were like me at least I know many of you were browbeaten. You were shamed. You were forced to accept that the science was settled when it wasn't. And when I say the science is settled again, do I think that masks sometimes will a mask stop somebody from getting COVID? Yeah, of course. I think it works sometimes. Is it worth the mass panic and dehumanization and discomfort and absurdity of all this? Now the double masking for a negligible benefit of less than 1% or 1%? No. And if you're going to argue with that, then you have to explain to me why we don't have a $15 minimum wage, why we don't ban ban alcohol. Illegal. Make it illegal. Kill so many people so bad, right? People believe that there's freedom, including the freedom to make bad decisions. And, you know, you could say, oh, but that's your own decision against yourself. A lot of drunk driving deaths. 
where people are killed who had nothing to do with it. Ban alcohol, you get rid of those, right? So I'm just saying, you know, this is this is a question. Do you want to live in a free society or not? Do you want to live in a free country or do you want to live in a Fauci country? That's been really the central debate of the last year. And, you know, the, the left and the Democrats, the media have been on the wrong side of it. Dr. Lena Wen, this woman was a, she was a, an MD at Planned Parenthood, just so you understand what what her moral compass is like. So she understands fully the procedure, although she was not extreme enough for Planned Parenthood, which is the really one of the most odious and, and immoral organizations, not just in America today, but in all of America and all of modern history. Uh, here she is, though, talking on CNN about how they're really the CDC is really messing up this whole vaccination, post-vaccination behavior guidance situation. Play 18. So we have, what, 30 million people who are already fully vaccinated. That's almost 10 percent of the population. And we have not been giving guidance to these individuals who want to know what is it that I can do now? And in the absence of information, they're making decisions anyway. Some people are throwing away their masks, which is not a good idea. Others just really want to visit their grandchildren, which is something that we should be able to tell people, please do that. I'm also very concerned that we're squandering an opportunity to specifically tie these reopening Opening that's already happening in various states with vaccination status. This is the time now to be saying, as an example, maybe you can reopen 100% for people who are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But maybe people who are not vaccinated, if you're not checking vaccination status, you can only open at 25%. Keep masks on, but continue to. Uh, but we really need to be looking at how vaccination status is tied to reopening. And every day that goes by without that kind of specific guidance from the CDC, again, the governors, as you were just discussing and michael we're we're just discussing governors are making these decisions anyway so let's give them the tools to do so go fauci yourself give me a break notice the micromanagement well some places could open up to a certain capacity and other places could open up to another capacity depending on vaccination set how are they going to check any of this as you know the, the the difference in me and these these little authoritarian tyrants is that i live in the real world How are they going to check? How are they going to know? The reason the CDC won't put out guidance is they know that they can't. If if they release their grip a little, people are just going to say, yeah, you know what? This is nonsense. I'm done. So they're just they'd rather just have total control or at least believe they have total control over people's behaviors. I know not everyone's listening to them anyway. But this is this is ridiculous. But what they really don't want to say is, yeah, if you're vaccinated, you can start living a normal life again. They won't say that. Why? Because there's still a risk. There's always still a risk. What is it going to take for people to understand this? There's always still a risk. There's no such thing as zero risk. But what they're doing is pushing our risk parameters into the into absurdity. And they're destroying freedom and they're destroying liberty in the process. And for what? For what? They didn't even they didn't even make everything better. That's the other. It's not like they. They saved all these lives and stopped all the cases. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. We saw they failed. They were wrong. How much more obvious does it have to get? Oh, but people weren't listening and they weren't doing their masks. I'm here in New York City. We had a second wave. We had a second shutdown. You, everyone outside is wearing masks. And there's not even any data to indicate that mask wearing outside is a necessary precaution against the virus. That's how much we're masking. You know, Switzerland just voted to ban face coverings. They did it really in the context of uh, more extreme adherence of Islam. You'll have women who will wear either an abaya 
or a burqa or, you know, uh, then they wear the niqab, which is the face veil. And or a burqa obviously comes in. A burqa always has a, a face covering face veil. Actually, the burqa is full. It's just a slit for the eyes. And they voted just by a narrow margin. But the Swiss voted. Sorry. No, you have to show your face in public. You're not allowed to cover your face in public. Doesn't matter that you think this is a religious freedom issue. You know, you, you, you have to show your face because not showing your face is dehumanizing and breaks down public trust. And it has psychological impacts on society that are really deleterious. We all knew that in this country until 12 months ago. And now they want us to forget that there are costs to this. This was not this was not something we could just do. Oh, it's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal. The government thinks it can tell me to wear a mask. What else does the government think it can do for my benefit? Where else is the government able to just say you can't live life anymore until you do things my way? You don't think the people that are claiming that climate change is an existential threat will abuse this? If you if you don't think so, you're not paying attention. 